0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exploring Reality. Um, We humans are lifelong learners, and basically, that's what this whole podcast is about. Um, We're gonna be nerding over psychology, neuroscience, behavioral economics, cognitive biases, um, and anything else that we really feel relevant at hand. Um, But really, this is all gonna be around how we can more effectively understand, predict, and shape reality. So if you're curious, um, and you're interested in deep diving into some nerdy topics, um, we hope you'll stick around and enjoy this conversation. And more importantly, I think it's worth pointing out, unlike normal podcasts where every week we're going to you know, invite someone new to talk about these topics, um, this is basically going to be a set of conversations between myself, Costa, and Byram. Um, so with that in mind, hope you enjoy the show and let's get right into it. Why don't we start with some introductions so everyone listening knows a little bit about who we are. Byram, do you want to take it away?
1: It's, yeah, let's kick it off. Um, I'm Byram entrepreneur in short um, working with a team of cognitive neuropsychologists Um, in essence we're trying to figure out how people think how we decide how we behave and how all of that matters in inside of a business and inside of organizations in general Uh, and I read a lot Uh, background in karate um, when I was a bit younger and I tend to focus on learning things and and learning from people and uh, uh, all of that together. Brings up these kind of nervous conversations. <laughs> how about you, man?
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess yeah, I'm costa um, kind of been being an entrepreneur as well, launched a bunch of businesses. Um, and I guess like over the years, uh, burnt out a few different times and started like going on this journey of like self-realization through like meditation and psychedelics and a whole bunch of other random shit. And yeah, I guess along this journey, I guess I've been reading a lot, been trying to get my head around lots of different like you know bits of psychology and neuroscience and it's been a really interesting journey and, and and maybe it's worth just kind of mentioning i guess like how the idea behind all this started um because yeah I, I think both me and you basically have these weird interesting kind of like conversations trying to like help shape each other's thinking um and i think this is kind of how this this whole thing was born right
1: yeah we do, like <laughs> we both tend to see connections in in, like among ideas from different disciplines different uh, fields of life right and uh, usually you don't meet as many people that you can have conversations with where it bounces literally from mathematics to products to entrepreneurship to psychology Um, and we do that (laughs) so yeah then we thought okay let's record it and go for it Uh, so yeah yeah,
0: so this is this is episode one, very much an experiment. Um, we'll see, kind of see what happens. But I think we've we said we're going to try and do, I think, like s- at least one season, so like five to eight episodes, just kind of having conversations, deep diving into this stuff. Um, so yeah, let's let's see how it goes.
1: True, and uh, and today I wanted to like take you through some of like because um, we're going to bounce around quite a bit so during these kind of into uh, these kind of talks and. I think there's going to be a few themes that are going to recurringly come up. Um, and I know that there is one thing that really is like the foundation of all of this for you as of why this is like key now. Do you want to like elaborate on that a bit?
0: Yeah, sure. So, so I guess like when we, when we started talking about this stuff, I think sort of uh, around autumn time last year after, um, the Cairo summit that, that we met at, um, you know i remember us having like a distinct kind of conversation around sort of like why reality is becoming a bit of a weird concept now and, and how stuff has changed in in kind of recent history and then you know as we've been having these conversations uh you know over the last uh, three or four months or even more i guess i've kind of started formulating this like little kind of like mental model ar- around reality and kind of like why it's different now and, and, and kind of what makes it important and i think to me, it kind of seems to stem from these three different pillars. And, you know, the first pillar I think really is around the fall of religion. Um, So I think that, you know, religion throughout sort of the whole of humanity up until maybe like the last 50, 60 years has just been such a defining, concept at the center of so many people's understanding of, you know, what's morality, uh, you know, what's love, how life after death, all these like really big meta concepts um, were really framed in everyone's head around how they interpret the world through the lens of religion. And I think, you know, we're seeing such a huge rise rise in um, atheism, um, particularly in the West over the last um, couple of decades for sure. And I guess the second pillar is really around the fall of news. Um, And I think that, you know, a really long time ago, another central part to what helped shape reality for many people around the world was, you know, news as a public service. And I think what we've seen, especially over the last decade, as you know, Disney has started owning (laughs) different uh, media conglomerates, you know, the news has very much become this vehicle for entertainment. And I think as we shift from public service to entertainment, this obviously means that, you know, we're, we're having a lot more sensationalized news. Um, it's a lot more around trying to invoke an emotion for us, whether it be positive or negative. Um, and it's all about, you know, trying to hook our attention and, and, and get us to lean in. And I think off the back of that, you know, the, the perception of reality, and, and, you know, we definitely have seen that in politics with kind of like, you know, uh, left leaning media and right leaning media and sort of all the partisanship there, I think it's just created a really interesting concept where before we used to rely on this channel, To get an understanding of what's happening in the world and now that's become very blurry and then the last pillar which i think is um, also really interesting that i've been thinking about is really around the role of communities in society Um, and i guess uh, a big part of that is that if you think about what governed normal behavior it was that we lived in kind of like these small communities and tribes and and kind of like local neighborhoods and people that would have really strange ideas and people that would be um, really different would often kind of get ostracized by the community and like sort of be forced to conform um, to kind of like local practices and standards. And don't get me wrong, there were definitely challenges with that in terms of, um, you know, obviously the the rise of, um, you know, women's rights and homosexuality and sort of the LGBT movement um, have all been kind of like fantastic in terms of being able to break away from that stigma. But then on the other side, I think it's created a bit of a problem where, you know, what, what, what is normal nowadays and kind of like what governs this kind of way that you, you think about the world. And I think that, you know, part of that is also via social media, where we have so many... Um, you know, so many different subcommunities where no matter what you believe, you can probably find a group of other people online that believe a similar thing as you. So I guess, you know, when you think about religion, when you think about news, when you think about local communities, and I guess the rise of social media, I think it kind of puts us in a bit of an uncharted territory of kind of really being able to, as a collective, understand what's right and what's wrong and, and really have a, a clear and objective view of reality. So I don't know, for me, this is kind of all been coming to, to the forefront of my mind over the last couple of months and kind of being a bit of an inspiration for, for starting this. So yeah, excuse the slight yeah. data dump monologue, but yeah, this is kind of, I guess a, a bit of a pretext to why we're having these conversations.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a bit of good context setting, right. And especially like, um, I think the overarching theme just comes down to the fact that there's more responsibility in, in. In the hands of the individual in defining their own worldview right uh, yeah it's sure. like all of these things for example the religion um, news like the local communities these were would all be ways in which before you would be taught what reality looks like and now it's a bit different because you can find anything online and you can literally come up with your own things um, and what you see is like that there's a, a, a huge difference between um, how proactive people are in terms of deciding on their own worldview, right and if you don't decide it for yourself then usually someone else is gonna kind of tell you what it's gonna be like and you're gonna somewhat accept and you potentially not even become aware of it uh so yeah that, that's definitely been a recurring theme um something else that we talked about quite a bit is like the psychological and in essence like just how people think in general right whether you call it neuroscience evolutionary biology it doesn't really matter but it it comes down to like the perception Um, whereas the in the sense of like everything goes through the filter of your perception so even when you're um, seeing something out on the street you think that it's literally what you see but usually it is not it is what your mind has perceived you to see right and that perception is already shaped by lots of different things and and the pillars that you talked about just now um, these were some things that before would very much shape your perception and now they still do but now a bigger part also comes from uh, for example like filter bubbles um everything within these social medias right like these algorithms that are tuned specifically to you know exactly what you like and we'll make sure you get more of that uh despite it's taking somewhat of the freedom away if that makes sense um so yeah I, i think that that prediction or perception is is a huge thing and this falls over the overarching paradigm of like predictably irrational people right um that in the past 40 years um, a lot has been found out about how people are not as rational as we tend to think right so the homo economicus is not really uh, (laughs) as we assume people are Um, and the fact that it it comes down to like being able to live with your own biases (laughs) right because if you are not 100 percent rational all the time which we know we are not and we also know some of the um, subconscious patterns that that guides these irrational behaviors then usually like um if you study some of them and you become somewhat more aware you can guide yourself a bit further but of course that's not like very accessible information for everyone um, yeah for sure
0: and, and yeah. actually, I think on, on, on that point of um, awareness, I think it's, it's really important because I think that kind of underpins so much of what we're going to talk about. Because I think that, you know, there's no really right or wrong answer in terms of how you perceive the world. Um, you know, it, it's all based on, on, on personal interpretation. But I guess step one of being able to kind of like figure out what lenses you have and what biases you have is just starting to become more aware of you know some of these guiding principles and some of these guiding biases that that that, that have built up in you over time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and interesting, like it's a bit of sidestep, but like uh this has a very strong connection with mindfulness or meditation in general right uh, which i think you're a bit more of an expert in than i am <laughs> i dare to say but um i think it comes down to like most of the time we somewhat move automatically right so you can call it flow in some ways and sometimes it's a very conscious flow um where you're working for example you're making all these decisions consciously but then in other uh, at other times you're just going through life in some kind of flow, but you're not really that aware of all the micro decisions that you're making. And I think meditation is one of those tools or mindfulness more generally, um, which can condition you or it can help condition you to like create a bit more time between like just the intuitive response and you're actually doing the exact thing that you consciously want to do. Make sense?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's, it's very much, I guess, like the the fundamental principle behind system one and two, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like there was a, there was a question almost. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But like, um, uh, so, so we talked about perception and um, how people tend to think. We also talked a bit about these biases. So biases are like systematic thinking errors, right? And it's not necessarily an error. Uh, um, but it's more like these these shortcuts that your brains take, usually to like conserve energy or to reduce the amount of information or to make sure that you get more meaning out of some piece of information or that it's it fits into your memory um, and there are over like two hundred cognitive biases that are well-defined and scientifically backed. And it's very useful to know at least some of these, because these are like the the subconscious patterns that are recurring and that you fall into. Um, And for example, like with Neurofied, we've studied these for four years and still we're joking at each other every day because we fall into them (laughs) and still the same thing. And the more aware you become, the less you fall into them. And um, the earlier you become aware. And meditation can be one way of like, for example, like making that quicker right Um, and then coming back to like system 1 and 2 this is one of those mental models or frameworks that is extremely useful in truly understanding how how people tend to think and it's a bit of a metaphor because there is not officially a system 1 and a system 2 in the brain but like uh, overall you can assume that system 1 is just intuition Right? It's where you make a snap judgment of some situation, and you intuitively kind of know how it is. You cannot really back it up. Um, it's way more emotional than than rational. Um, it's not always uh, it's it, it's not always like com- concrete, <laughs> um, and you're quite fallible to these biases when you're in system one. That's like the flow. That's like the automatic um when you're on the automatic pilot right whereas system two is way more the rational thinking It's very deliberate um, it's very conscious Uh, for example like system two that's more about doing math (laughs) for most people right (laughs) Uh, and you can even think of like for example if the process of learning that's also like just bringing things from your system two into your system one so the first time you uh, take your driving lessons you 're there like sweating behind the wheel, um, because everything is the system two. You need to consciously think about the gas brakes, consciously you need to think about like the gears um, whereas the the five hundredth times you, like you get your kids in the back uh, <laughs> and you 're having a conversation and it 's busy on the road and, and it all works right so that 's like this it going from system two to system one this is just a general overview we 'll come back to this later on.
0: Yeah, but I I think that that point around, you know, like doing something for the first time versus doing it for the 500th time, I think is is such an important point as well. Just kind of ultimately it's about adaptation. And I think that, you know, if you think about how the brain works in many ways is that it's like one of the most adaptable machines there is, which can be good and can be ga- bad depending on kind of like Absolutely. in what way you, you, you adapt. Um, and by that, I mean, um, you know, there's... Dr. Joe Dispenza in one of his books he, he has this quote that I think is really powerful which is neurons that fire together wire together um, and basically that meaning that you know as, as you repeat something over time you kind of go from uh, system one to uh, sorry you, you go from consciously thinking about it to unconsciously being able to do it and I guess that's not just in terms of actions such as driving the car it's also how you actually respond to certain situations right so You know, someone says a word or has an expression or uses a tone of voice that triggers you. And because, you know, you might have experienced that when you were growing up, that kind of creates a visceral reaction to it. So this kind of like learned behavior that you have, not just in terms of the physical world and your, you know, motor uh, kind of like skills, but also your psychological state as well, which I think is actually even more uh, interesting in, in, in many ways
1: absolutely absolutely and uh for anyone who's interested in that because good points that you're bringing up the the neurons that fire together wire together that's called hebbian learning after donald Hab, a uh, neuroscientist who like came up with this theory a long time ago um might be useful to look, look it up something else that is like very connected to this um in the end like there is no one way to look at the world that it's correct or that it works right usually like you can think of like perception as, as glasses that's your analogy right so like um, it's glasses where you have different ways of looking at things and usually what you need is like multiple glasses you need multiple kinds of glasses to look at the same situation in order to see different patterns and something that's very connected here is like the make sure you don't fall for like Maslow's hammer It was introduced by the the psychologist, also from Massive Pyramids. But it's like where you, uh, when you only have a hammer, everything looks like a needle. So when you study neuroscience, then usually you tend to um, explain all phenomena in terms of a neuroscientific perspective. Whereas if you're an evolutionary psychobiologist, then you do it from that perspective. And uh, I think Robert Sapolsky, um, who is actually... I think, an evolutionary psychobiologist, if I'm correct, and a primatologist, so he studies uh, monkeys. But in essence, like what he says very well is like, don't think in buckets, right? So you don't want to like uh, fall for this categorical thinking where you just assume that your perception is the correct one or uh, you study some new perception and you think, okay, now I can explain most of the things. Usually, you need a combination. And 90% of the time, that means you need other people (laughs) to correct you as well um yeah I think uh, that's that's quite a bit of of key context on this topic right
0: no but, but but I think that's that's absolutely right, and I think this is kind of basically what we're going to try and do um over the course of this first season, which is um talk about you know very uh interesting or at least we think they're interesting topics um Mm -hmm. and just sort of try and challenge them from like multiple different points of view to really understand you know what are the lenses that we're we're taking when looking at this you know so i guess both byron and i to some extent you know we work with startups who are entrepreneurs so that's a very like strong lens that we have in terms of (laughs) of analyzing the world but then there's so many other different ways that you can you can view a situation as well and and yeah i think in this process of being able to uh, you know, strip away all the different lenses that you have. That's really when you start getting um, closer to this idea of having a more objective sense of reality. Um, and you know, actually, as, as, as I was um, uh, meditating this morning, funnily enough speaking of meditation, uh, a Marcus Aurelius quote came up that I just think summarizes this uh, whole topic so well, uh, which is, thou must always bear in mind what is the nature of the whole and what is my nature? Um, and I think that really encapsulates basically um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about
1: yeah And wouldn't you even say that that's it's interesting how how uh, the book meditations by Marcus Aurelius is actually in some ways almost more applicable now than it was before because in some ways this comes comes down to like also filtering information right um, <laughs> and that's where like If more information was the answer we would all be way better off right but like usually it's not the right answer you need to have the right subset of that information and that also is a result of your perception because if you um, if you understand the problem that you're trying to solve really well then you kind of know what questions to ask and then you can go there very directly whereas if you're like just looking at all the incoming information then a lot of it is just going to be a distraction right so uh it's it's not just a signal it's also noise in some ways but, but
0: but i mean i guess that that's a really interesting thing around um you know modern life as well we we have such an overabundance of information that you know your chances of and i think you said this last time you know your your chances of consuming uh you know even just all of youtube is basically 0% because so much more <laughs> yeah. is being created <laughs> um than you could yeah. you could you could you could ever consume um, and I think so, f- fr- from that point of view, you know, when you, when you put, when you think about, I think, why stoicism and, you know, some of these ancient philosophies are starting to kind of come back into fashion, um, particularly, I guess, like in the communities and the circles that we operate in, I think really is because, you know, people are trying to get this, you know, fill that void that news and local communities and religion, you know, those pillars that I talked about, they're, they're trying to fill that void in some way. They're trying to ascribe some kind of meaning to their life. Um, And in order to do that, you know, they kind of have to analyze what's important to them and in the process of, you know, any any process of analysis, you know, these lenses that we talk about, these these perceptions, they're the tools that we really use. Um, And yeah, I I guess hopefully that's been a pretty, pretty comprehensive introduction to, you know, what we're going to be talking about and why.
1: (laughs) And as you can hear our chats are going to be super abstract (laughs) right because this tends to be the 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 kind of stuff that we like that we get fired up by right and uh, there must be some people that will enjoy listening to this and if you don't then don't listen like (laughs) it'll be fine right um right yeah i yeah those are those are some of the key questions to catch you off guard um question because we're talking about exploring reality and i think one of the um the key elements here because exploring in essence is just the process of learning right and I do think of both of us as like lifelong students right and always like being willing to look to be in that student position yeah sure what for you is the key reason that you study so hard that you like spend so much of your free time which you could spend on like just doing super chill things why do you like spend them on studying books and trying to integrate the knowledge
0: oh shit, you caught me off guard. Okay, let me think off the top of my head. I guess for me, ultimately, um, I think that it's all about potential. Um, and it's all about being able to capitalize on that potential. So I, f- I find that, you know, we kind of, regardless of the meaning of life and you know the purpose behind us being you know put on put on this earth and depending what you believe I think that we we all have a a certain set of potential in order to like create leave some kind of mark um, uh, whether just to the people around us or maybe to the world more broadly but I guess I've always just been fascinated at kind of like exploring the limits of that potential Um, and I've always just really found it Absolutely amazing to push stuff to the, to the real edge because I, I find that it's sort of, you know, almost like a, an adrenaline junkie um, in terms of trying to um, decouple and understand these things. And I find that the more that you can understand yourself and the more that you can understand the world around you, I think the more you can actually fulfill that potential. Um, and I'm not sure how articulate that was or if that makes sense, but yeah, off the top of my head, that's, that, that, that's an answer.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you can get away with inarticulate sentences with that accent. Like that's, the, <laughs> that's a side note, Costa is from London <laughs> and I'm from Amsterdam, so that's the difference. No, but I, I think you're making a legit point though um, and, and definitely agreed on the potential side. Um, whereas for me, it's like, a, I think two things mostly under um, on one like on the one and it's it's responsibility so uh, and I think you recognize this in some ways too it's like half my well half 80% of my family is in Tunisia uh, and and I've gone there every year since I was a kid and then when you see like most of your family like sitting there mostly in poverty not having anything and then I'm here in the Netherlands and I'm bitching about not having the right kind of like goodies in my right and like you get this perception (laughs) right so you get this like this this relative you you become aware of the fact that it's ridiculous how how bad you feel about some of these tiny things and I think I feel some kind of like responsibility to at least when you get the opportunity to study so much, then go for it. <laughs> right. And I, yeah, for sure. I understand the difference per person. And the second is just progress. I think that overlaps very well with what you said. Um, but but, days but just feel better, you make. Right? Yeah, no,
0: for sure. And, and, and I think that that point that you made actually is, is so, so important now that I think about it, you know, the, the concept of um, hedonic adaptation, you know, so yes, basically exactly. you're on this treadmill and you know whenever you you attach your happiness to a goal and you achieve that goal that is only going to last for a very short period of time which is you know why there's a lot of people that work themselves to the ground and you know have these incredible big careers and and, and become multimillionaires, but still can become quite depressed at the end of it because of you know what they've chosen to build yeah. their happiness on, on on top of and i think that's a a really kind of like fascinating concept in terms of you know I think if you're able to look at reality in an objective way, you can learn to appreciate and be grateful for the things that you have and what you just said. Cause yeah, both of us are, are immigrants in many ways. Right. So um, I'm Bulgarian as well. And, 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 sort of moving to the UK, I definitely have a, a very similar um, kind of approach and mindset to you. And I think that's, that's just a really important way in order to be able to just kind of like self check self sensor um, and check yourself around, mm-hmm. you know, what's important and why, and just being able to like introduce some uh, gratitude um, in your life. And I think, you know, from a psychological point of view, I think gratitude is probably one of the most powerful tools we have just to, in order to live a more happy and fulfilled life.
1: hundred percent. There's actually loads of science on this. I'm, um, I'm reading a book now, the hard math solution. Um, and it's literally about like the hard brain connection. And there's solid signs on this. So there's a separate intelligence inside the heart, pretty much like uh, 40,000 neurons, and it's connected with with your brain, and it sends information mm-hmm. both sides. And pretty much the better the connection, the better all of it works, which you manage mostly through your breathing. I'm, I'm giving a super high-level overview here, right? Uh, but agreed, man. Like I, that's key. Um, and gratitude is one of those key things that mm-hmm. helps you do that in general, like positive positive emotions um in some ways help you heal i think like that that might be because both of us tend to look for like patterns right part of this episode is like improvised just so you know right <laughs> so we have a bit of an intro a bit of an outro and here we're just going sideways and see where it goes um but like uh, I, th- I think both of us look for these patterns overall like patterns that we cannot prove yet that are not 100 scientific but that are in some ways like pseudo scientific, and that might become science at some point. Um, and I think one of those parallels is, so back in the day, I did karate as a uh, um, <laughs> a professional martial artist, but then again, I made zero money from it, so I couldn't call myself professional, right? Um, hey, you won some medals. Give you, give yourself, give yourself some credit. <laughs> Yeah, I I get my I get my moment of fame, but like <laughs> that's it, right? And another um, thing is like I I studied the body quite a bit back then, mostly kinesthetically, so just by doing. And what you see, or at least some of those patterns that I've seen, is like. In the end, we have all the, we can think very consciously, right? So we have our system too, to be able to think of what is the best thing. So for example, when you're going to run a marathon, then you can think, okay, I need to drink after um, X amount of uh, kilometers. And then I need to drink again after X amount of kilometers. And sometimes that works. But the funny thing is they've done a bunch of research and I don't know whether this is outdated, but at least I find it useful. Um, And they found that the best strategy for ensuring that you had the right amount of water was listening to your body and that's literally a recurring theme right and i think it's it's only in the mental realm that can be very uh, <laughs> very complex because of these biases
0: yeah no, i i think you know let, let's not kind of get uh segue this in, in, into too distant of a place but i think this is really around like the autonomic nervous system as well and you know that that um control like you said because breathing is is one of those automatic things that once you become conscious of it and you actually start being much more uh observant of how you breathe and you, and you start noticing that pattern that actually yeah. you know helps you transition um uh, from the parasympathetic to sympathetic no sorry from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic nervous system exactly but yeah. anyway i think we can probably go into this into a lot more detail <laughs> um, in another episode but but Ever? i think that you know yeah. This, no, this, this 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 idea of patterns um, is probably a really good point to kind of, you know, transition um, out from because uh, what we're going to be talking about over the next two podcasts, um, the first one is going to be a little bit of a deep dive onto, um, I guess, the couple of life experiences that both Byram and I have had that have really um, changed the way that we see the world. Um, because I think that, you know, you quite often, I think, throughout for, for our lives, we have these peak moments of transition that really define our identity. So I think we're both going to be sharing a little bit of a personal story um, in the next episode. And then the episode after that, um, because we're both big big book nerds, we're going to be talking about, you know, the books that have made uh, the biggest impact in our lives um, in terms of some of these mental models and some of these, uh, you know, beliefs that have been created um, off the back of that. Um, So maybe that's, you know, if if you found it interesting so far, this is something that you can look forward to uh, in the next couple of
1: episodes. Yeah, uh, we're excited already to talk about these books, right? It's like, <laughs> so we hope you'll be too. Um, all right, I, I think you're right. Let's uh, let's let's transition out. Then, I think the overarching point is this: like, this is not one of those podcasts where we want to have as many subscribers, and like, we're not gonna like do this. Subscribe here and send us all your messages. The- it's in the end, it's very simple, right? Like like Costa said earlier on. Um, you can always find people on the internet that think like you and and we both tend to think a bit like (laughs) i'm just gonna call it nerdy right Uh, so if you listen to this and you have some kind of like topic that it touches or something that you would like us to discuss then let us know right but furthermore don't worry about that stuff we hope you enjoy it though (laughs) right do you have any any final words uh mr costa um no not really I, I i think we've we've kind of said it all
0: and i think laid the foundation um hopefully quite well just around you know who we are why we're doing this why we think this is an interesting time to particularly be having a conversation around um reality and i guess some of the the fundamental principles around you know perception system one and two cognitive biases um we're gonna like deep dive into a lot of more of this stuff i guess as we you know pick specific topics uh, and go deeper um but i think this has been it's been a pretty good uh you know laying the foundations um and also just to be honest this is our second time recording this so i i, I feel like it it's it's a lot better than our first attempt um so, so that's great
1: absolutely and and i take responsibility for like the second time recording it because my mic quality was shitty so now i bought a at a microphone and <laughs> we're all somewhat happy with this okay badmobada and costa and Kolev out see you soon